0: All right, welcome to episode 405 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada, and we're going to call this podcast Just Calm Down, right? Everyone's so riled up. Maybe they're byproducts of 404 episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast. So what do I want to talk about? Well, first of all, no word yet for Mr. Zach Menny if he's going to join the show. And I don't know why he's dodging the show. It'd be a great debate. I know you want to see it. I know he wants to talk about it. I know it's hard for Zach to step into the ring with Canada as a distributor and say something negative about a game that he wants you to buy, buy, buy. But anyway, here's the thing, though. Zach and I are friends. Like this is all friendly banter. So if for a minute you think there's any nastiness or really any sort of vile competition going on, there is not. Now I did hear uh, Dennis sort of throw some shady comments at me, saying like I'm a studio apartment know-it-all. And Dennis, I am a know-it-all, but it's a one-bedroom apartment. No. So let's 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 on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast talk about a few of the recent things going on in the hobby. I want to start out with the Big Lebowski because I know I haven't given you an update on where my Big Lebowski is and what I'm going to do with it. And so I'm a little bit stuck and I'm not going to sell this game for a profit. I told you guys that from the very beginning. Now, the game right now is sitting at Coin Taker in a box. It's fully paid for and it's sitting there in Pennsylvania. I need to figure out what to do with it. Here's what I was going to do with it. And I wanna let you guys know on my Facebook page, I'm gonna put up a poll so you can vote or you can always email me at canadapinball at gmail.com if you think this is a good idea. So my plan was to auction off the big Lebowski pinball machine and any money that went over the $12,500 price point, I was going to donate that to a good cause. I was thinking of doing the, um, the pinball charity that puts the pinball machines in children's hospitals, and I was going to do that. And so should I still do that? I also was considering finding someone who's an early achiever who didn't get their game, and just giving them a chance to buy my machine for twelve five, dollars So they could just cut the line and, and just go buy the machine. I, I know that's not the best thing to do because that person is then going to be out $21,000, but that's, that's the only chance they have of getting a machine anyway. Uh, but if they wait, they might get one of Barry's machines with all his little special additives that he said he's gonna put on these games. Uh, the third option, is that I would just open the game and flip it and put it in my apartment and enjoy it. And I have to be honest, while I think the game is great, I've always said I think Lebowski is one of the best World Under Glass titles, there's just something about this game that makes me not want to own it anymore. And it really has been the correspondence from Barry of recent newsletters that makes me say, this guy, I just don't want to support this guy. So that's where I'm at. We auction it off with any of the profits going to a good cause. We give an early achiever a chance to buy the game for exactly what I paid for it, no profit whatsoever, or I open the game and just enjoy it in my home. So I'm gonna put up those three options uh, on my Facebook page or you can email me at canadapinball@gmail.com at gmail.com and let me know what you think I should do, okay? All right, now look. It does grind on me a little bit when people think I'm just this negative Nancy about everything. It's not true. I you know, I, I had to nuke another pinball podcaster. I'm not even going to mention his show because he does a show about how, like, here are the five reasons why I love listening to Canada. And then I listen to the show and the guy's, like, dogging on me and sandbagging me and saying I'm garbage like Jersey Shore Entertainment. And then he's saying I'm all this bipolar stuff. And I'm just going to say that's where I draw the line. For those of you out there who think these like mental case things that are going on inside my world. I'm not the joker like Joaquin Phoenix. I have a very normal and productive and healthy life, okay? Now, I, I will always say the most normal part of my day is when I work out and I exercise and I take good care of myself and I work hard at that. It's not even hard work once you start to get on the right lifestyle in life, okay? I go to work, I enjoy what I do, I get to work with some of the most amazing brands in the world. I work with my best friends. Something you might not know is I've worked with the same people on my team now for over a decade and we really enjoy what we do. We get paid money to go in and think of creative ideas for a living to which multi-billion dollar brands sometimes listen to me and do stuff, sometimes they don't. I was just down at Coca-Cola Company in Atlanta selling them on a new product launch idea that they liked. Hopefully we'll win the business, but nothing is ever for sure. Uh, But I enjoy what I do, and I enjoy and I love pinball. And I think this recently, I've been hearing a lot of people acting like that I don't love pinball, and I just wanna say, you love pinball. You who listen to the show love pinball, right? You have to to listen to pinball podcasts, right? No casual pinball person is like, you know what, I got nothing to do. Let me just check out some pinball podcasts. It's not like that. But I just feel like there's this recent there's just this recent push to make sure everybody just loves everything and, and that we shouldn't have expectations that are aligned with where these games are at. And I actually got a great comment from Mr. Ed Robertson. Ed, I love you, brother. And he said, look, Chris, you're always saying we need pinball magic. And he said, the biggest magic happening in pinball is that Stern Pinball can reveal a game and put it in a box within 10 days and it's on the line and it's going to customers. And you know what? You know what, Ed is right. He's right. Yes, while I do want there to be more toys in the game, and I think that we we have more of an emphasis on the code than the toys, ultimately, Stern Pinball, it, it, their ability to get people these machines so quickly is pretty magical. It's pretty incredible. I just saw the picture of Elvira on the line going out to people. It, I think it's a signature edition of the game, and it's already getting ready to p- be put in a box. Now, that being said, I still will never in a million years think that the signature edition of Elvira is a good buy, is good value, and I still think if you bought one, sure you're a sucker. And I told this to Zach, the people who spent $15,000 on the game that didn't get any upgrades in it, there's no real upgrades, they also know they're a sucker to buy it, but they don't care, right? They don't care. It's their money. It's what they want. And I, yeah, I'm not upset by it. They're not upset by it. We're all just taking the piss out of each other a little bit. But I wish, I wish I had that much money where $5,000 meant nothing to me. I wish I had and I was successful enough in which I could look at a product that looks exactly the same as the LE and say, I'll give you 5000 more just because there's only 50 of them. And here's the thing. Stern Pinball is doing exactly what I said would happen or what I said is the market white space out there in pinball. There is a market to give super wealthy people extremely limited versions of games and it would work and it has worked. Now here's the thing. Stern deserves every single penny they get with this new approach of you know certain times having limited versions of games without much added to them, they deserve to sell all 50 of those Elvira's because for years Stern has been the only company that has consistently manufactured games on a timely basis, built, uh, you know, building the themes that you love. All right, let, let's let's be honest here. If this was 50 total nuclear annihilations for fifteen thousand dollars, this ain't happening. That's not to knock TNA as a game. But Stern knows how to give you the dream themes you want. And look, when I I thought, you know, the marketer in me and I was like, Elvira is not relevant. And I learned a lesson when she was at TPF that year and the line was around the block. So I'm not surprised that they sold all 50 games. And I think Stern uh, has earned the right to take this approach. And they they didn't mess around. Those 50 people are going to open their games probably before... The, 50, you know, the 500 collector's editions of Willy Wonka are shown to the world, all right? So congrats, Stern, on taking a page from Canada's marketing playbook. You played it perfectly. You put millions of dollars in the bank because you did it exactly the way you're supposed to do it. Get the rich guys their games first, and the money will come, all right? Okay, what else is going on in pinball? Here's something you might not know about. Uh, there was an awesome stream last night with Ryan over at CGC. He's the VP of sales uh, on the Flippin' Out stream. If you don't go to this on Monday nights, I have to be honest, you are missing the most fun hangout in all of pinball. You know, in fact, I got an email from Jobber. He's on there on the Twitch every Monday. Now, Jobber emailed me and said, Chris, I enjoy every single episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, and it's so exciting to see you on the Twitch stream every Monday night. I look forward to you coming on and having great conversation with huge fans like myself. So I just want to say thank you to Jobber. He's always on there on Monday night. He's Canada Pinball's biggest fan. But that's what's great about it is we can chat in real time. We have a, a stream going of a game, and we have a personality in the room that's talking to you in real time. I mean, George Gomez was on. We had Ryan from CGC. We've had, uh, I think, Dwight's been on one. We've had all these great personalities be on the show, and I think you should watch it every Monday night. Now, now here's the deal. Uh, I've been hearing, and this doesn't come from anyone other than you know my, my contacts, is that Medieval Madness Remake, will be, is, is, is possibly coming back in a form that is going to be kind of like a super limited edition. And what they're going to do is put the big screen into the game that we see on Monster Bash Remake and Attack from Mars. So the widescreen, they're also going to do an awesome topper for the game because we know that Attack from Mars and the Monster Bash toppers are incredible. So, and I heard they're going to make 250 of them. Now, if that happens, I I, I really would have a hard time not buying one because Medieval Madness is still one of the greatest games ever. It's really hard to go find a Medieval Madness remake LE. I never see them come up for sale. And if they make this special version, I think that's going to be incredible. But here's the the thing now. What do they charge for it? Like They can't charge $8,000 for it. Uh, if they're because this ostensibly is they've already done a limited edition run so this would ostensibly be like a special limited edition of the game and so we'll see what happens with that but that's what i'm hearing is coming now bubba barked if he barks some more i might have to go out and rub his big bubba belly all right you know what else is awesome so i've known this for a while So you know who's a big pinball fanatic? Slash from Guns N' Roses. Oh, Bubba's barking. Hold on. We're going to go out there. I'm going to hit pause and come right back to the show. All right, I'm right back. Bubba's belly has been rubbed. Okay, so Slash from Guns N' Roses is a huge pinball fanatic, and he loves pinball. You know, you can go see he has a Wizard of Oz for sale on, on eBay. He also is working with Jersey Jack Pinball on the new Guns N' Roses pinball machine. But a little fact that most people don't know is that Slash has a Monster Bash remake, and I've seen it, and they made five special edition Slash editions of Monster Bash remake, in which the top executives at CGC have one, and so does Slash himself. Now, what makes this edition super, super cool? They redid the translate on the game, in which Slash, I think he replaces Dracula on guitar, super super cool. it's awesome. It's like slash and he's got fang teeth and he's got you know the the top hat with the curly hair and it's super super cool. So if you are a pinball sort of historian or connoisseur and want to know all the different types of limited versions of games that are out there, the most sought after monster bashes will always be, One of the slash editions, but they're never, you'll never find one for sale because it's like he has one and the Chicago gaming company people have them. You will never see, I think, a game enter into the wild. Now, a game that I never thought I would see for sale again is the Matrix Pinball. Remember the Matrix Pinball? Like four or five of them were made. Super cool reskin of Johnny Mnemonic. Okay, so I had a chance to buy one of those two years ago at TPF. I hesitated, I passed, I should have bought it right? You know me. I want a rare game based on a cool theme that like is super exclusive. I I, I could have bought it for $20,000 and I wavered and it seemed like too much. I heard that a matrix recently changed hands for mid $30,000 price point. Mid $30,000 price point. It has ended up in a rich hoarder's collection and we will never see that game again. But that is incredible. Those guys, it's crazy to me that they did all that work and these games are selling for that much money that they wouldn't just do like another run or two of these games and sell them privately and don't even bother with Warner Brothers permission. All right. What else do I want to talk about on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast? So here's the thing. I've been doing a lot of thinking and I've been watching a couple things happen. I've been watching Ghostbusters, the new code getting installed and people playing it and I've watched people's opinions about Ghostbusters radically change with the new code. All of a sudden it feels like you can get through the game. You can see more of the fun elements of the game. It's not too hard. It's not too brutal. Now, I'm here on this episode of Canada Spinball Podcast with an idea, and I think this is a really smart idea, and I think this idea could get me to change my mind a little bit, maybe a lot of it, and maybe still have me go in on it on a game that I know I've been very critical of, and I think the game that can learn the most from Ghostbusters is a game that you know by the name of Willy Wonka. And I've been following Wonka threads as well. And I hear a common theme in the Willy Wonka thread. I love the game. It's fun to shoot. It's like it always makes me go for hit that start button. One more game. But I'm also hearing how extremely difficult Willy Wonka is. And how very hard it is. The way the game is designed. And the way the game is coded. To actually see a lot of the really, really fun stuff that Joe Katz put into the game. And then I look at Ghostbusters, which had a similar issue in which it got really frustrating to try to climb the ladder and start all over again. And how many people out there who have a Willy Wonka have been to Wonka's office? How many of you have ever even seen pure imagination? And I'm not saying that games should be easy, but there is a lot in Willy Wonka that is super fun that people want to see more frequently. And not everything should be so impossible to get to. I always, I always use the example of like destroy the ring in Lord of the Rings. Like to me, getting to destroy the ring in Lord of the Rings is how difficult it should be to getting to pure imagination. And you should see, you know, maybe Wonka's office is there and back again. But I, I think that if they went back and they thought about how to make the Willy Wonka code a little bit easier... To see all the magical stuff coded in the game, I think that would hugely improve uh, you know, the approachability of the game for a lot of people, because people will reach a point where they're just going to get frustrated only being able to collect two golden tickets, and the game is really hard. Now, I think the coding wouldn't be a problem if the game was just easier, but the game is a very difficult game because the you know, three-minute ball times plus deep code doesn't seem to make much sense. Now, I agree with all of you out there who are loving your Willy Wonkas and love the way it shoots. I also love the theme, and I think the game does shoot tremendously well. You know my issues have always been about the assets. And I'm here to, I'm here to tell you, I'm just going to forgive Jersey Jack and Joe and company for basically lying to me. It's, it's water under the bridge at this point. I'm not going to harp on it anymore. They didn't tell me the truth. And that's all I asked for. I just asked for them to be straight up and tell me what the deal was with the assets. And I got a bunch of spin and you're not going to spin the spin doctor who works in public relations. And that's it. It's okay. The game is what it is. And for what it is right now, I'm reading most of you are really loving the game. Do I think it's an asset miss because of the lack of this? It's, you know what? It's not even worth it at this point. The game's been out for six months. It is now what it is. Now, See, that's life. You know, for some people out there, it's like, is not allowed to change his mind. He's not allowed to dog on a game and then like the game later. And you know how many people were like, how hypocritical of you to like make fun of Elvira for 15,000 when you bought Batman for 15,000. And the thing is too, I've said it before, I'm a sucker for paying 15,000 for Batman Super Ellie. It's not worth $15,000 in terms of what they put into the game. I mean, you even when you buy it from Stern, You still have to go buy like the mod couple's stuff for another thousand dollars to get the game to look better, right? But that's my point is you know what? Sometimes you're gonna fall in love with a game and you just want it and it's worth it. And so we will see, we will see, you know, which direction Elvira goes in and which direction, you know, Batman goes in when it's finalized. Batman's almost done. Uh, But, you know, I think that. Willy Wonka and the collector's edition is just going to be a really interesting thing to see what happens with it. Because, you know, as a marketer, I'm always curious to see how something sells, like when it is available for sale. And what will Jack put into this game? Will he, this is an interesting question, will Jack actually contact some of the people who have been making some incredible mods for the game? And will he implement some of those mods into the Collector's Edition standard? Now, that's an interesting thing, right? Because he's had six months of the game being out there and the fan base making some improvements to some of the stuff in the game, will he incorporate them free of charge, I mean, albeit for the $12,500, into the game itself? So we will see what happens with that. But this thing, it's October Jack needs to get this game, the collector's edition, out there because he will lose sales. And if you are rooting for Jersey Jack to be successful with, with this game, uh, you you do want to see him get this game out there sooner than later. All right. So is that is that a is that a fair enough truce that I'm willing to for you know forgive them for lying to me? I'm willing to look at this game differently. And I'm also I also think that they would benefit if they would look at what Ghostbusters did to make the game more approachable. And, and, and more fun and maybe start to code the game that way a little bit to get people more golden tickets. Now, it also led me to uh, something I've been thinking a lot about. Why is it that when you walk up to a pinball machine, it is only allowing you to play the game on one difficulty? Why can't you walk up to Willy Wonka or Jurassic Park or Ghostbusters or, you know, uh, Elvira, whatever game, Star Wars, why can't you walk up to a game and when you play it in the home environment, it gives you the ability, like a video game, to select easy, normal, and expert modes? Why can't they do it that way? So that if you're a true beginner, you can hit easy, and maybe easy has unlimited balls. Maybe easy has like ball saves that are 30 seconds. Maybe easy has, you know, one shot to start a mode, right? Maybe that, And but here's the thing. I want them to code it in a way where if you just select the macro skill set level, it changes everything throughout the game to correspond with that, right? Because I think it's silly that you have to go through an entire game's menu system and and start to adjust every single mode uh, to make it easier or harder, okay? Is that is that, I, I don't know why this is not happening yet in pinball. There, there seems to be this inability to understand that why can't a a home use person have the ability to set up the game in a way that's more friendly for not only himself, but maybe his family, maybe his children, and I think that would just make total sense, right? So then, right now, because right now, if, if I'm totally honest, I think Willy Wonka is a little bit on expert mode. and the only people we're seeing get to pure imagination are expert players that are just phenomenal. And everyone else is kind of like a beginner/ slash novice player. and they're not getting very far. They're getting two golden tickets. you know So I think like the normal player should be able to get two to three golden tickets on on, on most games on on an epic game. And a Halo run, he gets four to five. And I think, you know, when you put it on easy mode, then just like your casual like player, friend, wife, child should be able to get two to three golden tickets by doing pretty simple things in the game. And you could code it that way. So, you know, to me, that's the kind of approach to pinball that we're still not seeing anybody do. And every game just comes out of the box in expert mode. It's the same reason I, I I don't understand them not putting the post in the left out lane and and Lawler just made it really hard, okay? All right, what else is going on in pinball? So did you enjoy the Black Knight interview? It's always fun talking to Chris. You know, he he gets like some polarizing responses from people. I will say, I will say, I do think it's too early to be disappointed by Elvira. I also feel like some of the things Chris was saying, like it's repetitive, like there's a shot up the middle and it's like, Almost every single game has a shot up the middle that's rewarding. It just works. Like, you really can only shoot straight, left, and right, right? And some shots, you know, I know we have, like, different, you know, upper playfields and whatnot. But for the most part, everything in pinball is a little bit repetitious. It's how it's implemented. And I think a shot into that haunted house in Elvira is cool like I, I don't think I've seen Stern do a mech like that in a really long time so I think we should give them credit for that you know this isn't just a cookie cutter uh, boring shot like the Herman Munster shot or you know the Batman turntable shots are pretty boring I, I do think the shots that are happening in Elvire are much more unique than most recent Stern offerings so uh, you know there's that as well and like ultimately you know, you could look at, around at a pinball machine and be like, well, wh- why why, are those slingshots always in the same place? Why are the flippers always at the bottom of the game like that? Like, Why can't anyone think differently about the way a game could be? And, and that's that could be a fair assessment. Maybe it's just something called gravity forces us to put that stuff there uh, all the time. All right, what else is going on in the pinball world? Suncoast Pinball is still bankrupt. Let me read some emails from you guys, I'm trying to think if there's anything I'm missing in the world of pinball. Nothing new from Dutch. Spooky Pinball, I expect to see something at Expo. Alien Pinball, will it come back at Expo? That is one of the rumors. Uh, I'm going to have Christopher Franchi come on the show one time in the near future. Uh, We're still working on when that will be. Uh, I think he's taking his talents elsewhere. I think that's pretty public information. I know he's been going back and forth. I think Christopher Franchi is an incredible artist, and anyone who lands his talents within their pinball studio uh, is going to have a phenomenal-looking game. He's very outspoken. You get more than just the artwork with Mr. Franchi. He knows that. His new employer definitely knows that. Uh, but ultimately, I think he's worth it. I think he knows. I think he has a knack too to how to how to make a good pinball machine. You know, Jurassic Park to me, I still think the art is not that great. I, 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 I it's just the composition of it. It just doesn't, it doesn't jump out at me. The way Franchise games and Yeti's games jump out at me, okay? Now, speaking of like what's next from Stern and uh, Jurassic Park, Elvira. Now, what's next? Do we think, and this is like, these are some of the rumors, that Stern has two titles between now and the end of the year. One is a cornerstone, and that must mean that another could possibly be a vault edition of a game. Now, if Stern were to vault a game right now, what would it be? I think the one that makes the most sense, if you really think about it, the game they should probably vault right around now, because if you look at it now, it's not available for sale anymore, is Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters has been reborn. It's the new code. People are loving it. It's much more approachable, and I think they should go back and they should do another run of Ghostbusters. Now, will that happen? I don't know, it seems to make logical sense. The other one that we always hear rumors about is Tron. I don't think they would sell nearly as many Trons as Ghostbusters, but the kicker is this, they already sold so many Ghostbusters, so do we need another Ghostbusters? And you know me, I would love to have more than any of those, a rerun of lord of the rings pinball all right let's see do 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 i got an email from dan donnell he says you versus z i mean that's probably you versus zach he said shortest episode but best episode ever i hope this debate actually happens but i'm 99 percent sure it won't when you get going like that it's usually pretty effing funny Houdini out of the box, you get flipper toppers, flipper toppers. Swear if I had been drinking milk, it would have shot out of my nose. Well, Dan, you know, look, let's up the ante a little bit. If Zach Manny comes on this show and debates me and talks to me about pinball, I will donate $200 to the pinball charity program that those nice gentlemen do. I think it's in Pittsburgh or in Pennsylvania somewhere. How about that, Mr. Zach? many $200. I will donate immediately just if Zach comes on the show. All right, I got an email from Jared. He says, hey, Chris, just wanted to say hi. Great job on the podcast, mate. Loving it. Thinking about what you keep saying about Elvira being way, way overpriced and not worth the money. However, wasn't it you who kept banging on about a manufacturer needing to sell to the super high-end collector market where the rich guys would pay anything for a super limited edition release. Well, here you have it, the Elvira SLE. Now, sure, it may not be how you dreamed it in your head, packed full of features that the whole world under glass thing, but Stern are doing it their way and releasing that high-end limited availability how they see it. You really are a marketing genius. Ha, ha, ha. Keep up the awesome job. Cheers, Jared. Well, Jared, thank you. It's not even like genius work. It's just common sense. You know, people were buying like baseball cards where it's like one of one gold rookie card for $5,000. And that's something that doesn't even have any moving parts. All right. Let's see what else I got here. Did I read this one? Oh, you guys do, do, do. All right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know we go up and down. We go around this carousel in life of falling in love with games, having high expectations for pinball, loving Canada's pinball podcast, hating Canada's pinball podcast, telling, you know, Canada he's wrong, saying he's the only one who speaks opinionated uh, things about the hobby. Ultimately, I hope you're entertained by this show. I hope I can give you some tidbits of news every once in a while. I hope I can deliver you rumors about things I'm hearing that are going on inside the hobby. And I hope that we articulate some of the things that are in your head when you're thinking about pinball, okay? That's why we're here. That's why we do it. That's why we enjoy it. I don't need like two and a half hours to get to you guys like what's going on in the world. And I'm not going to sit here on a podcast and explain to you like how to play games. I'm not gonna explain to you like when a new game comes out like go feature by feature on it because I just think that stuff is better discussed on on a video stream. And my God, there are more people streaming pinball now than in the history of mankind. It's kind of awesome. It's kind of overwhelming where to go. But it's great because here's the thing, pinball streams are positive. Now personally, After like a half hour of seeing someone stream a game, I'm bored out of my mind. I mean, the fun is really in the chat room. And and watching someone, yeah, it's like watching, I don't get, you know, watching people play video games. I really don't. Uh, You know, but again, Twitch is like a multi-billion dollar operation that proves me wrong. Uh, But let's all like enjoy it. I think the the end of the year is going to be a good time in pinball. I think we're going to see a lot of new games come out. Some of which we didn't expect. Some of which we didn't even call. Some of which we didn't even rumor about. I am going to Japan I'm going to Japan. Sorry guys, long day. I'm going to Japan uh, for my honeymoon October 14th through the 31st. Now there is a very good likelihood that I will not be lugging this microphone with me. I will be spending a, a, a dream trip focused on the food, the people, the architecture, the sights, the sounds, the rugby world championship. We're going to Disney Tokyo, we're going to Seoul, South Korea. We're going to stay in awesome hotels. We're going to we're going to have a great time. It's my honeymoon. And it's also going to be a little bit of a honeymoon away from Pinball Podcasting. So, if you are disgusted with this show, then you will have two and a half weeks by which you can simply go enjoy every other pinball podcast that is out there, and there are many to select from. Uh, If you uh, love Canadian Pinball Podcast, you may wanna not listen for like a couple weeks leading up to that, so maybe you stop right now, and then you will have enough Pinball Podcast episodes to catch up on, because I will have done between now and then, you know, if we keep at this pace, Probably another five or six shows, you know? You never know. You never know with this podcast. But I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank all of you guys out there who support this show, who send me nice notes on Facebook. I want to thank all of you who donate to the Patreon account. I really do appreciate it. It is a lot of time. It is a lot of effort for not a lot of money. So I do appreciate you guys supporting the show. Uh, out of 2,500 listeners, about like 45 of you actually – uh, you know donate to this show we can do better. I know you guys out there can afford a dollar a month like the price of a cup of coffee a day for Canada, uh, but it, you know everyone gives what they can and I appreciate that I was joking with Ken at special one lit because he started a patreon page, but again like his tears I'm like bro like you have to do stuff when people donate at different tiers. The one thing I need to do for Canada's Pinball Podcast for all you fans out there, I need to get you merchandise. I need to make merchandise, whether it's hats, whether it's t-shirts, and you best believe they are gonna be snarky t-shirts about Canada's Pinball Podcast that you can wear at pinball shows because I am the only, it's like we're the number one pinball podcast and we don't even have an ability for you to sort of uh, broadcast to the world out there that you listen to this show. So we're gonna get on that. I think that is a is gonna be fun exercise for Brenda and I to make you guys some fun uh, merchandise to buy and to wear. Um, I will not, I will not be at Pinball Expo. So I know there is going to be a meet the pinball media at at a Pinball Expo. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I would have loved to have been there. I was telling the people organizing it. I think they should make. A life size cutout of the Kaneda animated figure. And if you press a button, it just plays the head to head laugh track. So I thought that would be like a really funny way to have Kaneda's presence be at the show. I'm sure we will get a lot of like Royal Rumble podcasts um, from all the great guys that are going to be there, you know, at the Meet the Pinball Media section. Uh, and I think Expo is going to have some surprises. So I look forward to detaching for a couple weeks. And, and coming back to America. And I, you, you best believe I will be on the internet seeing what is revealed. I'm curious to see what the presence of pinball is in Japan. Uh, but anyway, everybody, come on. Everyone needs to calm down. Let's enjoy this hobby. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. This has been episode 305 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. calm come-